Hi everyone, welcome to Understand the Bible, Thought for the Week. We're continuing the Westminster Shorter Catechism today and we're thinking about God's plans and specifically how we see God's plans in action. So you remember last week we were thinking about how God is a planner. You know, God plans things out and what God plans comes to pass. And this week we're thinking about how we see that in action. If God plans things, well, how, how do we see that uh, coming about? And uh, there are two answers to that question. So let me read you the uh, the Q&A. It's uh, number eight. Um, this is what it says. How does God execute his decrees? God executes his, his, his decrees in the works of creation and providence. So you remember that the decrees is basically just saying, you know, the plans of God. Uh, how does God carry out his plans? And it's in the works, two things, the works of creation and providence. So what does that mean? Well, creation is the first one. And uh, let me read you one verse from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 26. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. So, God has complete power and control over nature. As Isaiah says, the stars come out when, when God calls them. It's uh, Ultimately, he stands behind the, the functioning of, of the universe. He, you know, The universe continues day by day, hour by hour, because God upholds it. That's the, that's the reason that the universe just continues and the reason why we can trust things. Interestingly enough, this was actually what got modern science started, was the belief that God was, was behind the operation of the universe and that the universe was rational and ordered because it was there was one mind behind it. And that's why early scientists could, could delve into it and explore it, because they believed they would find order there and, and we can understand it rationally. So it's interesting how in modern times science and Christianity have kind of become um, against each other, whereas actually it started out and I think it should still be, they should still be friends. Um, so God has power and control over nature. And one of the implications of that is that when bad things happen, it doesn't take God by surprise. Um, for example, the coronavirus. Now we know that now, whatever the, the origins of the coronavirus um, are, whatever it was, it's, it's, a, it's a sort of natural phenomenon, isn't it? It's a virus. And um, it doesn't take God by surprise. That doesn't mean that, that God created it, but that he, his power extends even to, even to the bad things, not just the good things, but the, the bad things too. And um, quite how that happens is a bit of a mystery, and we'll look more in, uh, at that in just a second. But it's important to remember that when we go through difficult times um, in, in you know, sort of natural causes, if you like, then that's just as much under the control of God as the good times. So we mustn't think that it's only the good things which God controls. It's you know, all, of the, all of the different things. So the second thing is what they call providence. And this is what I would say is just um, the course of human history. So this is what it says in Daniel chapter 4, verse 35. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. 
He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? So as we were looking at last week, God's power is, God's plan always comes to pass. And you think about it for a second. If if God's plan didn't come to pass, would he really be God? You know, if one of us could stand up and say to God, oh, actually, no, nah, no thanks, I'd rather do this, then we couldn't really have confidence in God as God, could we? That God can only really be God if he directs the world and if he, if he is, uh, has the power over it. You know, God's power is ultimate and otherwise he wouldn't be God. That's... That's something which is, is really fundamental to who God is. And it's important for us to, to accept that and, and to understand that. Now, God's power, it, unlike we talked about last week, when we think about God's power and God's plans, you might think, well, what about all the bad things in the world? And what about all of the bad things in my life and sin and everything? Does that mean that that's God's plan too? And that is... That's a difficult question to answer, but think about the cross. Let me read you, finally, just um, the final um, bit of the Bible we're going to look at. Acts chapter 4, verses 24 to 28. This is what it says. And this is the apostles and the disciples praying um, after, in the book of early on in the book of Acts, when Jesus had risen and ascended, and when they'd started to encounter opposition against them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Okay, so um, Herod and Pontius Pilate, they conspired against Jesus, but they also did what your power and will decided beforehand should happen. Now, does that sound to you, take the first bit, like it's letting off Herod and Pontius Pilate and so on, is it letting them off the hook? No, absolutely not. They're responsible. At the same time, they did what God's power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Those two things are a mystery. Now, we human beings, we have responsibility. We're, We're responsible for our actions. We have... Um, you know, we, we will be held accountable for our actions. On the other hand, God is, is in control. Those two things, I've heard it described like this, that, you know, imagine a railway, the rail, the tracks of a railway, two parallel lines running together, and they never meet. And imagine that that's, you know, we have to be in the middle of that. On the one hand, we've got our responsibility as human beings. And on the other hand, we've got God's power and authority. And we just have to keep those things, kind of stay in between those two things. And it is a mystery how those two things are are the, true at the same time. How can we be responsible while God remains in control? 
And yet, that is what the Bible describes. That's the, the world that the Bible talks about. That, you know, we act as if we are free and, you know, we have responsibility. And yet we know at the same time that God is, is in control. So we mustn't use this to, to dodge our responsibilities. On the other hand, I think this is, is meant to give us uh, confidence in God. Because at the end of the day, if someone can resist God, then we can't really have any confidence that, that good is going to win out in the end, can we? If God is, um, you know, there's no assurance that God's plan will, will come to pass, then how can we know that in the end good will come, that the new creation will come uh, and so on? God doesn't have that power. So God has the power to make things come to pass, even through flawed human beings like you and me. And this is something that I just wanted to finish with, because I know a lot of the time, one of the big questions, which I uh, used to have more, but I still have now sometimes, is how can God work, do anything through me, a flawed and sinful human being? Now, I'm just going to mess things up. That's what I, I used to think all the time. And actually, this is comforting to me because it helps me to know, actually, God is not going to mess up. Whatever plans God has, I can't possibly mess them up. I, you know, even if I do the wrong thing, God will still use it for good. And that's what that's what I've seen through my life. That's not an excuse for me to do the wrong thing. You know, I must still seek God and seek to do the right thing um, with the power of the Holy Spirit. But it just gives me confidence that I'm not going to mess the whole thing up and I'm not going to you know, upset the apple cart and cause all of God's plans to, to fall apart. I couldn't possibly do that. I don't have that kind of power and neither do you. That's the, the wonderful and encouraging thing. So let's take a moment to pray now and ask God to help us trust and, um, and accept these things. I know they're difficult, but let, let's ask God to help us understand. So, Heavenly Father, we know that these are difficult things. These are things which are maybe hard for us to accept, um, hard for us to see how it works. Uh, at the same time, Lord, we pray that you would help us to um, give us a deeper trust in you and a confidence that your plans will happen and that we can be a part of those plans uh, if we, we come to you. And so we pray that you would use us even as flawed and sinful human beings and use us, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks very much for uh, joining me today for this session. Don't forget to check out the rest of the channel and the rest of the website, all of the, the normal things. Uh, but thanks very much for joining me. And until the next session, God bless.